Imagine living in a world where you can be harmed for something you did not do, simply because someone believes that you did. Imagine waking up every day knowing that should someone with more power find you wanting, they could easily threaten you, publicly shame you, and even kill you with very little consequence. Imagine being put on trial simply because of who you are. Imagine raising children in such a world, knowing that they would be subject to those same injustices. This was the reality for women in the Israelite society of the Torah. What I just described comes straight out of the Sota ritual, elaborated in this week's portion of Naso. A man who suspected his wife of adultery, whether or not she committed it, had the right, without any burden of proof, to drag her in front of the community to the priest and force her to drink cursed, bitter water, essentially poison. If it had no effect, well, no harm, no foul, and certainly no punishment for the man who acted in error. And if the bitter liquid did, in fact, ravage the body of the woman forced to drink it, that was proof in itself that she was at fault. She must have done something wrong. And if this ritual killed her, the man shall be clear of guilt. That woman shall suffer for her guilt. As Rashi explains, this means if the waters have effect on her, he should not worry and say, I have incurred guilt through her death. No, he is free from punishment. This was women's reality in early Israelite society. But didn't it sound awfully familiar? Could I not have also been reflecting the lived experiences of black women and men in the United States today? Have we heard enough, seen enough now that we might finally understand. This is black reality in America. A person with more power fears you have done something wrong and can harm you, even kill you, without proof or trial, frequently without consequence or guilt. You are forced to drink those bitter waters. You are presumed dangerous in public, sitting in a Starbucks, having car trouble, reaching for your wallet, walking away. You are hunted while taking a jog. You raise your children knowing that this is a reality they will be subject to as well. It's police officers executing a no-knock warrant and killing Louisville EMT Brianna Taylor in her own apartment, in her own bed, searching for someone who did not even live there. Today would have been her 27th birthday. It's Christian Cooper, a black bird watching enthusiast asking a white woman to leash her dog according to the rules of the park and having her call the police on him that constant threat of violence. It's black children in Flint, Michigan, literally drinking bitter lead poison water every day. It's being followed in a store, avoided on a street, 
undervalued in the world of art, literature, business, and education, ignored in protest, redlined, disproportionately incarcerated, and so much more. Are you weary hearing this? I am. Imagine how wearying it is to live it. Does it feel too big to wrap your arms around? Too vast to change? Well, that's where you're wrong. And that is where hope lies. This past week marked the 48th anniversary of Rabbi Sally Presam's ordination, the first woman in the United States to be ordained as a rabbi. And here I am. It took thousands of years to get from the Sota ritual of the Torah to where we are today. And don't get me wrong, there's still plenty of work to be done in the name of justice for women. But change is possible. It's possible and it takes work. It's taken generations of women marching, protesting, going on hunger strikes, gaining the vote, voting, breaking barriers, writing their local leaders and representatives, becoming their local leaders and representatives. And it's also taken generations of men who educate themselves, listen, stand alongside, and use the power society has granted them to the benefit of those who need it. Change is possible. I find solace and inspiration in the texts of our tradition. Do not stand idly by the blood of your neighbor. Whoever can speak out against his household but does not is responsible for the sins of his household. If he can speak out against the people of his town but does not, he is responsible for their sins. If he can speak out against the sins of the world but does not, he is held responsible for the sins of the whole world. It is not upon you to complete the work but neither are you free to desist from it. I even find inspiration from this moment in Torah, this awful portion of the Sota. For even here, Torah seems to provide its own remedy. Later in this very portion, we will be given the verses which have come to represent one of the most important blessings in our tradition, the priestly benediction. Aaron and the priests are told that this is how they shall bless the people. And though it is not fully elaborated here, to this day, the ritual has developed where the Kohanim, the priests who recite this blessing for the people, will lift up their hands to them as they speak. Now is a time for words of blessing and solidarity, yes. 
But it's only when we lift up our hands that those words will truly gain power. If we want to create a world of blessing, protection, grace, and peace for the black citizens of our nation, we need to lift up our hands. We included in our special message today a link to a list of resources, books to read, movies to watch, podcasts to listen to, small actions to take, places to donate money and time. I am to doing one of those things each and every day. I hope you will too. Change is possible. Change is necessary. And change starts with us. So as I lift up my hands and prepare to do the work, I offer you these words as you work for that change. May God bless you and protect you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God lift up God's face to you and grant you peace.